You're listening to Cindy's Voice, a podcast that aims to raise awareness and advocate for the enslaved in an effort to end sex trafficking and sexual exploitation. Together, we're a community that educates, equips, and empowers you to take action against modern-day slavery. Every episode, we bring you inspirational stories of survivors who have been through the ordeal of human trafficking and sexual assault. In addition, we interview key advocates in the anti-trafficking movement and have them share their comments on the detrimental effects of human trafficking in our society. Now, here is your host, Cindy. Hello, welcome to Cindy's Voice Podcast. This is Cindy Rivero, your host. And today is Monday, another beautiful Monday, Monday the 27th of July. And I have a couple things to talk about today. I'm very, very happy today. You know, I went outside. Um, I woke up really early today and I went outside and I grabbed my dog. Uh, I have my beautiful uh, black lab and uh, he's eight years old and I have him since he was only three weeks and uh, he was born in Georgia. And, uh, well, we um, uh, broadcast from here from Florida, South Florida. So um, today was a super early morning and beautiful morning, sunshine and everything. And I decided to walk him, you know. So I got the leash, I put it on and everything. Like, he was just, like, stretching out because, you know, he likes his bed a lot and everything. And he's kind of, like, a sleep person. And he's just like me. Well, dog. <laughs> uh, and um, we like to sleep a lot and everything. So he wanted, like, to stretch up and everything. And I took him to a walk and everything. And then he could stop he was like pulling me uh from the other side you know like let's go uh, I was trying to bring him home you know like to take a shower and start working and everything but he was like no 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 this is not what I want you know and then I was like trying to think how many days I have without like you know walking him oh <gasps> but mama you know it was five weeks, five weeks, like, of course he wanted to be out, outside and not come in the house, you know, he doesn't understand that I need to work just to buy his cereal and canned food, <laughs> and that's another thing, oh my god, like, I have to tell you guys, like, this dog is so spoiled, but he, you know, he likes a specific cereal, and my husband, he just came and bought him a, a, a canned food uh, for the 4th of July because, you know, like trying to help him to relax for that day because he's super nervous and he hates fireworks. And so anticipating the whole situation, he brought him something to feel better. And so he gave it to him, right? And after that, he just did not, for any reason, it's it's just cereal. It's like, he just come, look at it, and look at me like, what is this? Like, no, I, I want my thing, you know, I want the can. And so I have tried, you know, mix it in and everything. Like, he likes it a little bit more, you know, but he stayed two days without eating. Can you imagine? I almost died. I tried everything. But, you know, now we are upgrading, mandatory upgrading. <laughs> they don't communicate with words, but they communicate some other ways, oh my god, God bless dogs, and surprisingly, I wasn't a dog person until I married my, my, my husband, oh, life changes so much, huh, <laughs> and so, today is Monday, an amazing Monday, and there's so many things that I want to talk to you guys, um, the first thing is that 
the topic for today is uh, pedophilia and we want to uh, start putting our feet in these waters because we want next episode to bring back our amazing therapist um, Anna Cardona to talk regarding more uh, clinical uh, point of view regarding pedophiling um, how to do the profiles, like how are they diagnosed, like what are the studies and research up there. And and also we are going to talk today regarding Mirhan Hein or Heine. Um, she is from Germany and she has spoken on the TechX talk that was back in uh, uh, 2015, I think, 18. Let me get the research. Where is my papers? I'm going to get that in specific time, uh, year, soon, 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 uh, when we go over that. I don't find it right here. Oh, there you go. So, she was uh, saying it back in 2018, May 5th. And so, we will go over what did she say that is actually confusing a lot of people because there is actually one university in Los Angeles, California, who is actually embracing this approach and have... Uh, put uh, some classes already on the calendar for next um, um, classes in uh, 2021. Uh, you can sign up for those and everything. And I'm not doing propaganda for it. I'm actually against it. And so since there is like this, uh, you know, wave that is actually talking about it, I want to address it. I've been asked, uh, you know, three times already in three different occasions since two weeks ago about uh, speaking regarding that. So we're going to do that in this episode as well. And also, um, last but not for least, I want to remind you guys about the Wear Blue campaign. This upcoming Thursday, finally this day is coming. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I'm so excited. I start planning that since the beginning of the, of the month, if not the end of June. And so I'm super excited. It's super easy and I need your help for everybody who is listening. Please, please, I need your help. And please uh, ask your, your, your family members, your friends to help you supporting this. It's super easy. So, every year since 2017, the UN has uh, launched this uh, campaign, which is Wear Blue Day. And so, this is the fourth year. And what they do is they request everybody who supports... Uh, you know, the fight against human trafficking, you know, it doesn't matter what type of trafficking is in general, to uh, wear blue and take a picture. It could be of yourself, with your friends, with your kids, you know, in groups, uh, your co-workers, um, and use the hashtag wear blue day. You can use the hashtag in human trafficking as well. And I am personally requesting you to please participate in this campaign. It's very important. Every year they count how many people actually wear uh, blue and um, use that the hashtag wear blue day. And I want to be part of this this year. I want you to be part this is a way to show victims and survivors that they're not alone that this is not impossible this is something that will go to end and to give them hope i want them to feel that they're not alone and the only way to actually um, make them understand that they're not alone is by doing a small little text like this one and so 
um, be part of it. You know, like uh, you're always asking us how to join the fight, and uh, we're on COVID times, and I don't want you to go out of your way and spend a lot of money. So everybody has something blue to wear. If you don't have any shirt or um, you know, like a, a blue jeans or something, maybe you have something for your hair, or maybe you have earrings. Um, you know, um, if you have some um, body paint or face paint, just uh, do a, a cross blue, but wear something, take a picture, have fun, be creative, and, and do as many as you can. Um, use this hashtag, wear blue day, and hashtag, and human trafficking, and tag us. Cindy's Voice Podcast, you can use these on Facebook and also Twitter, or I'm um, sorry, um, Instagram. And if you are on Twitter, it's Cindy's Voice Pod, Cindy's Voice P-O-D. Um, they, they didn't allow me to use the whole podcast. <laughs> so, you know, please heal me, uh, support me, join my campaign, join the UN campaign. Let's be a voice all together. I know we can end it. Please, please, as a personal favor, please take a picture and, and post it. I really appreciate it. So our topic today is pedophilia. Is it a sexual orientation? Wikipedia teaches that the word pedophilia comes from the ancient language Greek, paidos, meaning child, and the word philia that means friendly love or friendship. Pedophilia is used for individuals with a primary or exclusive sexual interest in pre pubescent children age 13 or younger. The institution that diagnoses, investigates, and categorizes any mental disorder is the American Psychiatric Association, and they use a list of codes for that purpose known as the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, or the DSM-5, and the ICD-10. So let's explore what these two codes are and do. And we're going to start with the ICD-10. It's the 10th revision of the International Statistical Classification of Diseases and Related Health Problems, known as ICD, a medical classification by the WHO, the World Health Organization. The ICD-10 codes hold critical information about abnormal findings, complaints, diseases, epidemiology, external causes of injury, managing health, treating conditions, signs and symptoms, and social circumstances. There are more than 14,000 different codes in ICD-10, which can be further expanded to over 16,000 codes, but using optional subclassifications. And what is the DSM-5 code? It's a manual for assessments and diagnosis of mental disorders and does not include information or guidelines of, for treatment of any disorder. That said, determining an accurate diagnosis is the first step toward being able to appropriately treat any mental condition, and mental disorders are no exception. 
DSM-5 will also be helpful in measuring the effectiveness of treatment as dimensional assessments will assist clinicians in assessing changes in severity levels as a response to treatment. So, according to the American Psychiatric Association, pedophilia emerges before or during poverty and is stable over time. It is self-discovered, not chosen. For those reasons, pedophilia has been described as a disorder of sexual preference, amazingly similar to a heterosexual or homosexual orientation. There are some different claims being made that pedophilia is a sexual orientation rather than a mental disorder. At the moment, there seems to be a growing group of psychologists advocating that pedophilia is or at least should be considered a sexual orientation rather than a mental disorder. A TechS talk broadcasted on May 5th of 2018 and aired from the University of Würzburg in Germany has prompted widespread controversy over the speaker's comments about the nature of pedophilia. The speaker, colleague student Mirham Heine, has argued that pedophilia should be accepted as an unchangeable sexual orientation because it is like any other sexual orientation, for example, heterosexuality. No one chooses to be pedophile. No one can cease being one. Heine argued the difference between pedophilia and other sexual orientations is that leaving out this sexual orientation will end in a disaster, she said. She tells a story about Jonas. 19 years old young man, colleague, a student in Munich. She puts Jonas as a person who is a pedophile, a consciously pedophile, who is attracted to 6 to 12 years old children. But because he is conscious and not acted on his desires, Miss Heinis uh, says that this is a sexual disorder and not an elected behavior. Pedophiles who don't abuse children have done nothing wrong, she said, and added, we, as referring society, should not only accept pedophiles, but that we should encourage them not pursue their desires, and that in that way, we will be helping child molestation stats to stay low and end their suffering, referring to pedophiles, not the children. We shouldn't increase the sufferings of pedophiles by excluding them, by blaming and mocking them, she said. By doing that, we increase their isolation and we increase the chance of child sexual abuse. She added, we should accept that pedophiles are people who have not chosen their sexuality and who, unlike most of us, will never be able to leave it out freely. Most of us feel discomfort when we think about pedophiles, but just like pedophiles, we are not responsible for our feelings. We do not choose them, but we are responsible for our actions. Heine's talk, especially the notion that pedophile is a sexual orientation like others, led to a swift backlash from the internet community. 
Tiny Stock was also heavily criticized by her academic peers, who argued that uh, she failed to understand the research. She cited to uh, justify her argument and that her argument frequently changed over the course of the talk. Due to the backlash uh, it received, TechX talk eventually removed the video. Through um, though it has been widely copied and reposted on YouTube. You know, whenever you put something in YouTube or I'm sorry, in um over over the internet, it's there forever, and that's part of the problem that we have with uh, child uh, pedophilia and and child um, uh, abuse. You know, uh, people that take photos of children, and yes, they delete it, but you know, it has been copied and rescinded so many times that. It it has been forever we all know that so it is a problem a huge problem and i wanted to cite this just to continue the talk that we are going to keep having right now and pedophiles may be attracted to young boys young girls or both and they may be attracted only to children or to children and adults. Doctors diagnose pedophile when people feel greatly distressed or become less able to function well because of their attraction to children or when they have acted on their urges. Treatment involves long-term psychotherapy and drugs that alter the sex drive and reduce the testosterone levels. And so it's very important to clearly define the nature of a pedophilic disorder. So psychiatric terminology should deliver information in as clear and plain manner as possible. In light of the associated stigma that is especially so of the terms pedophilia and pedophilic, uh, pedophilic disorder, Although from a psychiatric perspective, the term pedophilia is intended to define a recognized clinical entity for society, that term has become a demonizing prerogative. Many in society are likely to match pedophilia with child molestation. They are not the same. The DSM-5 may be contributing subconsciously to the misconception that they are the same for the following three reasons. First, they state that an indicator of a pedophilic disorder would be that an individual has acted on his sexual urges. Acted on could mean that he has actually molested a child. On the other hand, it could also mean that he has masturbated to a pedophilic fantasies or that he has viewed child pornography. The current criteria for diagnosing um, a pedophilic disorder place some persons um, who have never molested a child into the same diagnostic category as those who have done so. That could cause confusion. Second, it makes reference to the term pedophilic sexual orientation. Sexual orientation are uh, here specifically is ordinarily used to designate a category or categories of people whom a given individual finds to be sexually appealing. Those who are heterosexual oriented are sexually attracted to adults of the opposite sex those who are homosexual to adults of the same sex, men with heterosexual pedophilic 
orientation to child females and men with homosexual pedophilic orientation to prepubescent boys. And third, has done little to characterize the multitude of psychiatric burdens associated with the condition, burdens that are frequently present even in the absence of any acts of child sexual abuse. I want to clarify that viewing child pornography is not considered a use, uh, useful diagnostic indicator of a pedophilic disorder. Not that I don't want to personally said, uh, say that that sounds alarming to me, knowing that an adult wants or likes to watch child pornography, of course. There are two ways of trying to determine whether those who have viewed child pornography pose a risk of hands-on offenses with children. One way is statistical and the other is clinical. And in the next episode, we will bring back um, Anna Cardona, as I was telling you before, to talk about these two tests or studies, like how uh, is coming, uh, you know, like who determines and how it's determined. We will also touch the topic about um, viewing child pornography, sending child pornography, and pedophilia. There is a very fine line that we need to define in there. So Anna will help us doing that. Um, it's a little bit harder for me to explain, but uh, she's a specialist, so she's going to join us and help us all to understand these small little fine lines that we need to learn. And going back to topic, the term sexual orientation ordinarily uh, reflects an individual's subjective awareness of the category or categories of persons towards whom he or she is erotically attractive. Pedophilia is a form of paraphilia because it causes harm to others. It is considered a disorder. In Western societies, a diagnosis of pedophilic disorder requires that the person be 16 years old or older and at least five years older than the child who is the object of the sexual fantasies or activity. However, sexual involvement of an older adolescent like 17 or 18 with a 12 to um, 13 years old may not be considered a disorder. The age criteria used to identify when such activity is considered a crime may differ state to state. So I'm going to try to do more research about this uh, uh, specific state to state to, uh, you know, to be more um, um, educational on this because I know that there's a lot of people listening from a lot of states in the United States, and so I want to be as specific. I'm going to try to have all these details um, by next week when we talk to Anna because it will be very helpful. And although state laws vary in the United States, the law generally considers a person older than 18 to be committing a statutory rape if the victim is 16 or younger. Statutory rape cases often do not meet the definition of pedophilia, highlighting the somehow arbitrary nature of selecting a specific age 
cutoff point in a medical or legal definition. In many places, including in some states in the United States, children as young as 12 to 14 can legally marry, further complicating the definition of pedophilia and statutory rape. Estatory. That word is kind of hard for me. It's so funny. <laughs> Statistics show that pedophilia is much more common among men than among women. Pedophiles may be attracted to young boys, young girls, or both. Whether girls or boys are more likely to be the victims of pedophiles is unclear. Although girls seem much more likely to be the victims of sexual abuse in general. And usually the adult is known to the child and maybe a family member, a step-parent, or a person with authority, such as um, a teacher or a coach. And some are attractive to only um, children within their own family, which is called incest. And some pedophiles are attracted to only children, often of a specific age range or developmental stage. Others are attracted to both children and adults. Wow, it's so complicated, huh? Maybe not complicated, um, but is 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 a huge topic. Uh, very complex, definitely. That's the word I was looking for. Complex. And predatory pedophiles may use force and coercion to engage children's sexuality and may uh, threaten to harm the child or the child's pet um, if the child tells anyone. Many of these pedophiles have antisocial personality disorders. Many pedophiles have developed substance abuse or dependence and depression. They often come from dysfunctional families and marital conflict is common. Many have been sexually abused as children. There is treatment. Thanks God, there is a treatment and is psychotherapy and drugs. Pedophilia can be treated with a long-term individual or group psychotherapy and drugs that alter the sex drive and reduce testosterone levels. Results of the treatment may vary. An outcome is best when participation is voluntarily and the person receives training in social skills and treatment of other problems such as drug abuse and depression. Treatment that is sought only after clinical, uh, criminal apprehension and legal action may be less effective. And this is other thing that we're going to talk to Anna. We were been talking about this topic for, I think, three weeks already. And so she uh, have explained before that, you know, this pretty much goes down to like, um, you know, when you cheat in somebody and you call this person, they say how sorry they are and they are never going to do it and how much they regret it. But Pretty much is like, do you really? I mean, you are just saying that because you got caught. Would you be this uh, regretful if I wouldn't got you? If I could, uh, I wouldn't caught you. So there is a very similar, uh, uh, you know, uh, thought, and that we want to uh, put our feet on these waters next week with Anna. Well, next week is gonna be a very good conversation, definitely. <laughs> so. Um, simply putting pedophiles in prison or another institution, even for a long time, does not change pedophilic desires or fantasies. However, some imprisoned pedophiles who are committed to long-term monitored treatment, usually including drugs, can refrain 
from pedophilic activity and be reintegrated into society. Wow. We need to look into statistics. We need to know how many of these who actually went voluntarily and finished this treatment, which is has to be really hard for them. How many um, have a successful life, you know? That's another thing that we need to research. Wow, a lot of hard work. And so we need to start wrapping up and let's summarize uh, that pedophilia is a condition in which a person's sexual arose and gratification depends on fantasizing about and engaging in sexual behavior that is atypical and extreme. It is defined as recurrent and intense sexually arousal fantasies and sexual urges or behaviors involving sexual activity with children, generally age 12 or younger. And that's over a period of uh, at least six months. Six months. Pedophilic disorders can be diagnosed in people uh, who are willing to disclose this pedophilia. And uh, for the condition to be diagnosed, an individual must either act on their sexual urges or experience significant distress or interpersonal difficulty as a result of their urges or, or, or fantasies. Now, without these two criteria, a person may have a pedophilic uh, uh, sexual orientation, but not a pedophilic, uh, pedophilic disorder. And um, there is no cure, so the focus is on protecting, protecting children. Researchers have found no effective treatment. Like other sexual orientations, pedophilia is unlikely to change. The goal of treatment, therefore, is to prevent someone from acting on pedophile urges, either by decreasing sexual arousal around children or increasing the ability to manage that arousal. But neither is an effective for reducing harm as preventing access to children or providing close supervision. And so it's a really, really difficult, really difficult topic. And uh, we're going to start wrapping up now. Um, we have had this amazing discussion. Uh, hopefully, we're going to bring Anna next week and have a little bit more uh, view and input on it. Uh, as a clinical therapist, she will do so perfectly, okay? So, let's stick to that. And I want to thank you so much for keep listening to our podcast Every week I receive a lot of your messages and emails uh, about the topic, just commenting if you um, listen to it, what you were doing, and, and it's, it's very good, you know, like I really appreciate those comments, and it's kind of, it kind of feels like I kind of uh, know a little bit about you. I am a very uh, visualized uh, person, so I can uh, pretend that I know you, and I can draw some some looks and, 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 and imagine you guys. 
it's uh, listening to it while you are like some of you are saying uh, washing the dishes and just cleaning the house and some of you guys are getting ready for going to to work or while working and I do appreciate you tuning in listening to us and you know getting educated that's the main uh, reason why we are up here is to help educating the community and changing those misconceptions and myths that are uh, surrounding uh, sexual exploitation and sexual assault and human trafficking. We're all about a uh, raising awareness uh, for um, uh, human trafficking. And so once again, guys, I really want to uh, highlight that we're Blue Day. Um, is this upcoming Thursday. Please, please join. Be creative. Have fun. Take a picture. Use the hashtag we're Blue Day and, and human trafficking. Tag us. Tag us. And um, that is on Cindy's Voice Podcast through Facebook and um, Instagram. And if you do follow us on Twitter, then it's Cindy's Voice P.O.D. Okay, guys, and once again, I want to tell you that uh, I'm very grateful for every single of you listening to uh, our episodes. Um, next week, we're going to have Anna Cardona, and we're also going to have another survivor telling her story and giving uh, her point of view uh, regarding this uh, topic, pedophile, and so as uh, she survived um, part of uh, exploitation uh, when she was a, a child through um from one and so that's going to be our next topic i wish you the best for this uh rest of the week remember it's just monday you can re uh wire um your mood you can reset uh reset your mood for this week and that's all i want from you i want you to have a great great week and thank you so much for listening to the cindy's voice podcast it's been my pleasure guys take care and keep safe Thanks for joining us this week on Cindy's Voice. If you like what you're listening to, like our YouTube channel, Cindy's Voice Podcast, and give us a five-star review. This means everything to us. Follow us on Instagram at Cindy V. Rivero to receive updates on our latest episode. See you in our next episode. Till then, have a great week.